Welcome to the Hog Call Podcast. It's your host, Chad and Tim. Hey, guys. So, the Hog Call Podcast, I guess we should go in first with what we are and what we are a uh, new podcast, a fan cast, I guess you could say. And uh, we are doing a low budget podcast where there's not going to be any thrills or exciting uh, production brought to you. It's just a couple guys doing a phone cast on their iPhone that has been uploaded to iTunes, and we just talk all things Razorback. Uh, this yep. is our very first podcast, and I'm super excited about it. How about you, Tim? I'm very excited. What a time to begin it. Uh, I think we're 40, 47 hours away from kicked off of out a new era of Chad Morris Razorback football. Um, perfect name for the podcast, Hog Call. We're going to do this on a call from our uh, way home from work and uh, talk about the hogs. And we love the Hog Call. Blue Pig. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. I, I'm very excited about it. I guess I should give a little background about ourselves. I uh, grew up in South Arkansas. I've been a Razorback fan my entire life. Uh, if you want to call me a Homer, that's fine. I'm excited to be a Homer, excited to be a Razorback fan, excited to support my Razorbacks. Um, I worked for the University of Arkansas with uh, Coach Bobby Petrino for four years. I coach high school football uh, in the state of Florida, and, um, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, um, I'm Tim. I, I grew up in South Arkansas. Uh, hog fan all my life, runs in the family, uh, my brother. My mother and my mom's dad all went to the U of A. Um, it was no choice for me, so I've not only got my bachelor's, but just finished getting my master's from there, so a double alumnus and excited. That's super Football awesome. Season. Super awesome. Super awesome. So I think the first thing that, you know, is on everybody's minds right now is, you know, how is this new coach going to fare? What, what are we going to look like? In the Chad Morris era. Of course, you know, we got through the Brett Bellamy era, barely, but we got through it. And, uh, so now it's, it's moving forward, I would say, is, is the biggest thing. So what do you think about Brett and just how bad he did at the University of Arkansas? I mean, what, three wins? I mean, come on. How, how bad is that, really? Very bad. Ended up with a record. 29 and 34. 11 and 29 is really where it tells the in-conference play. Uh, yeah. yeah. I actually I actually was visiting UTAD. We went to the Florida game his very first year uh, and had a chance at that game and just, I think, Florida ended up scoring about 30 straight points. Honestly, ended, that was a Will Muschamp coach Florida team, if that tells you anything. And uh, Chad said to me after the game, I don't think this is going to work. And that was Four or five games into the deal there, and that's what he, you were right. You know, never, I tr- never got much better. I never really did. I tried to be a Brett Bellum fan. I really did. I uh, didn't like his record at Wisconsin and always felt like, you know, that was a, a situation where he got lucky, uh, where Ohio State couldn't, you know, participate fully for conference championships and so on and so forth. And, you know, he got some wins and he got some uh, Rose Bowls and all that, but it wasn't 
I guess, on his total merit. You know, it's hard to say that in a situation like that, it's in your total merit. It'd be like if Alabama was, you know, not allowed to play a lot of their games, and then, you know, uh, uh, LSU went and won a bunch of games, and then they were like, you know, it's just it, it's not real wins in that, that situation. One of the best teams in the conference is not fully participating, in my opinion. So no. I, when I when I saw that record, I was like, uh, and then the fans were so upset with him up there. I said, there's got to be something to that. You know, fans aren't stupid people. You know, as a football coach, you know, you get annoyed with fans, you know, and you get annoyed with what they're saying. And sometimes you get annoyed because you're looking in the mirror and they're right. And what they're saying isn't always off the mark. And you've got a lot of fans that know football, played football, really understand football. And when the fans are as upset as they were at him and excited as they were about him leaving and coming down here, you know, I just thought that was a bad situation that we were getting ourselves into. And the thing about fans, uh, I mean, they're dialed into every play. I mean, that's why they, they do know. And, uh, like you said, I was kind of kind of worried when the Wisconsin fans were like, "Oh, that's fine. You, you can take them. Good luck with the the fourth quarter management and the uh, time management and everything." And I was like, "That's not a good sign." And I would thought, you know, hey, Big Ten champions, three Rose Bowls, and you look back, it's like, well, he lost all three of the Rose Bowls. And honestly, the season before he came here, where he he was eight and five at Wisconsin, and before he before he took over the coaching job Alvarez had Alvarez had him rolling and since he's left Wisconsin they've been even I don't know if they've won less than 10 or 11 games every year absolutely that's very good points and then the other thing that I just got to say about Brett is I like him I like him as a person I think he's a good father I think he's probably a a family man a, a good person as just a just a person but as a football coach I just don't feel like he was quite as up to par as the other coaches. And I think that's really what hurt him. I just don't feel like he was 100% in like the other coaches are. You know, after working with, you know, the the Bob Petrino staff, I can tell you that they don't do anything but eat, sleep, and breathe football when they're winning coaches. That's what they do. It's, it's you know – you want to say it's all they care about. I mean, it's not all they care about, but it's what they do. It's what defines them as a person. And I think Brett Bellman is defined by his daughter, his wife, you know, other things besides football. And that's okay. That is fine. That is, that is perfectly acceptable. I just think that at the University of Arkansas, we really need somebody who's going to be all in, all football. Uh, I mean, I remember you were saying that Chad – Morris left his family in Texas to come up here and coach. So he's up here by himself coaching right now. And I think that is, you know, that says something right there. That, that's, that's, that's a buy-in that not every coach is going to have. Yes. Uh, his son Chandler's a starting quarterback, remained down there at the Texas high school. And, uh, his, you know, I didn't really know until this week that his wife stayed down there too. I thought maybe. Uh, his son was staying with a, another family of a teammate down there, coach down there, and uh, this weekend. And um, I mean, that that uh, his wife Paula stayed down there too. So he's got he's got no distractions. I mean, he's he's delving right into the season to this program full steam ahead. I mean, he he means it when he says hammer down. I mean, he's got no other. That's it. I mean, 
Yeah, and I think I, you know I'm hammering down right there with him, and not just yeah. the beers either. You know, I mean other things. <laughs> I think that you know he's going to be a great coach. It's easy to buy into this coach. Um, it's just something about him. He brings a lot of energy. He is an exciting coach. Uh, his high school years was very exciting. He was very he was very um, successful in high school and college. I mean, if you look at the programs, he took over and what he did. If you look at SMU and what he did, he increased their wins every year. And that's what you're looking for in a coach, somebody that's going to increase the wins every single year. Year in, year out, they're going to get one more win than they got the year before until you win a national championship. And, you know, as a fan, I expect a national championship. And I think a coach like Chad Morris can bring us that that type of play and can elevate our play in the SEC to that level. I don't know why, but just have a feeling about him that he can do that. Yeah, and, and if you hear uh, SMU or uh, many guys close to programs said everybody, I mean, he was expected this year uh, to be his best at SMU and win, jump from uh, from seven wins to around ten wins. So as you said, he went from two in his first year. Uh, they were they were one. They had one win the year before he took over. So they got him two wins. And the next year got him to five wins, and last year uh, went seven and five. Um, before he left for Arkansas before his bowl game and people close the program. So they were going to jump to probably nine or ten wins this year. And the thing is, too, if you look at what he took over, it was a, it was a, it was a monumental feat what he did. And, you know, I know when he was at Clemson, he had a lot of success there. And that's something you also have to factor in when you're looking at a coach. You know, what I'd rather have Lane Kiffin, Maybe so, but I'm really excited about Chad Morris, and I really think that he's going to bring something to the table that's going to be special. Um, again, he, he just has a vibe about him. I remember you were talking about how he went uh, fishing with one of the other uh, recruits. What, was, what, what happened there exactly? Oh, no, he went uh, before uh... – Maybe before uh, school started, before team camp started, uh, him and his son, uh, they they went fishing. Uh, the you know the Sunday before, where everybody's spending time with their families, right before it really gets into the heat of things. And I just thought, that, how could you not root for somebody that's gonna, you know, he wasn't sitting around watching TV, he was out fishing in the in the Ozarks, you know, enjoying the enjoying the land, you know, and uh, it's just hard not to hard not to root for the guy, you know. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, maybe getting at first was kind of like, you know, who is this Chad Morris? Everybody do some research. It's uh, hard because he's kind of an unknown. I mean, his only college head coaching uh, job with SMU was kind of an unknown. Um, he was 169 and 38 as a high school coach and had championships. So he knows what it, I mean, even at that level, I mean, he knew what it took to win uh State championships and uh, Texas is always considered the, uh, you know, primo of, of high school football. Yeah, absolutely. Almost as good as Florida, really. Yeah, exactly. But, but you know, um, I think the thing is with a high school coach is you've got somebody that can take the players and 
build offense around them to be successful versus a college coach who recruits the players for his system. He knows how to manipulate the team those first couple years to get the most wins he can get. And I think that's very important. And I think that's probably what they saw at Clemson. I think that's probably why they, why they brought him up there. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he spent after high school. He spent one one year as offensive coordinator for Tulsa, uh, right out of uh, his high school, and that was all uh, Dabo Sweeney and Clemson needed. Uh, and before before Chad Morris came to Clemson, uh, Clemson was six and seven the year before. And um, as we see now, since they've won a championship, been in a championship game, a time in the playoffs the last couple of years, um, and Dabo credits Chad uh, with helping turn around that program. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I think for, you know, for Sweeney to pick, you know, pick anybody. I mean, he had a you know ACC program. Pick anybody to, uh, to be his offensive coordinator went with Morris. Yeah, absolutely. I think like that says a lot because Dabo Sweeney's a heck of a coach, and uh, he's really good at what he does. So for him to say I see something special in him, I think that says a lot. And then what he's proven on the field says a lot, and I think this is his, his big shot, his big opportunity. You know, a lot of people wanted to say, oh, look, uh, what, you know, Houston Nuts took over this great team, and, you know, he was able to get some wins, and, and look at, you know, what Bob Petrino did, and how, you know, how poor his team was whenever he took over, and he was able to, you know, get some wins. Not quite a bowl game that first year, but got some wins, and, and got us going in the right direction. But I feel like this team he's taken over is better than those two teams. And, you know, I was just looking at the roster and the lineup and everything, and the big thing, the big worry that we have is, is our O-line, in my opinion. Yeah, it was uh, awful awful last year. Um, didn't, uh, the only thing, only really, uh, we lost Frank Ragnall, who's in the NFL now. Um, and it had a couple guys that, I mean, they didn't even play that much, but uh, a couple guys that left the program anyway. It's kind of hurt to death because we kind of had a few uh, injuries, but I don't know. This offense is probably better suited for handling that, though. So. Yeah, I mean, it's scary to look and you see that you got, you know, a redshirt freshman at left tackle, a redshirt freshman at left guard with uh, Klein and Adcock. And that's scary, you know. And then you move over to right tackle and right guard. You've got Gibson and Wallace which are uh, seniors, which is nice, but they're not protecting the blind side of the quarterback. So, you know, that's where my fear comes in is is if they were better, you would think they would be shifted. And then you got Frawlholt at center, which is a great center. I think he's going to do a tremendous job this year. I'm very excited about him. So I think, you know, it's not like we don't have anything on the line, but starting two freshmen on the offensive line is a scary uh, scary product to put on the field, especially, you know, in my perspective, the game is won by the Hogs in the trenches, and they got to be able to push people around. It's going to be hard for a freshman to push around a, you know, junior or senior. Oh, yeah, you know? especially when you go up, uh, up against Auburn D-line, Alabama D-line, LSU mm-hmm. D-line. Um, yeah, and let, uh, you're talking about the left tackle spot and uh, Colton Jackson. Um, he's a junior. He's been playing at times since he's a freshman. Um, but he's the left tackle, and he's, he's out. Well, they said it first half of the year, and uh, 
some positive results coming back after a few games, but he didn't. I mean, I don't think he made it past very far in training camp, so that hurts a lot. But he would have been a good solid left tackle. But yeah, I totally agree. And then you know, but you got a underlying factor that makes this okay. We got a weak line, but we also got a massive monster quarterback who can shake off tackles, who's going to be hard to take down, who's tall enough to see over the line, great arm, can throw it down the field, is agile enough to move around in the pocket, get outside of the pocket, and make something happen if he needs to in Kelly. And I think that's really why they named him the starter. I think you kind of have to with that line. And that's just, I don't know, that's just my opinion. I like Ty's story. He's very athletic. But he's just not going to be able to. He's not going to be able to be as physical as Kelly is, and I think that's that's why they wound up going with Kelly as the starter. What do you think? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, Kelly's seven foot tall, three hundred pounds, not too slow. He can handle it. Uh, I mean, it's hard. It wasn't hard, you know, to root for Ty Story, a home, a Arkansas kid, but he just hadn't. He's been in the program uh, four years now as a. Uh, Redshirt junior and just hadn't been able to uh, battle anybody out. Cole Kelly's strong back there. He proved it last year. Uh, he went two and two as a starter. His first start was at Alabama. He, he showed he wasn't scared in that game. He handled the punches. Offensive line was terrible last year. Put him on the ground and kept getting up. I mean, absolutely. No, you're totally right. And then you go to look at his tight ends because he's going to need he's going to need people to dump the ball to when he gets into trouble situations with that young line. It's just how it's going to have to happen. And if he has somebody to dump the ball to, if he has an auxiliary to get the ball out of his hands, to get it to a tight end quickly, who can make something happen, then you can take a little bit of that pressure off of him and you can keep the blitzes off of him. Um, and I think that with uh, Cantrell that we have that. Uh, I think that, you know, our, our tight end spot seems to be heavy. So we can probably even go a little double tight end, I think, this year. So, yeah, I'm really excited about that, and I'm excited that he's going to have those outlets. But then I think the strength of our offense, to me, is in the running backs and the wide receivers. You know, when you got Cornelius Jed, you got Jonathan Nance, you got uh, Devon Whaley all coming back, and you know that's that, those are that that that's your playmakers. That's who you want to get the ball to. Are you? Am I missing that? anybody out of that? Is there anybody else that's? Uh, no, uh, I think you hit it right on the uh, tight ends. Cantrell's uh, going to be the starter. Um, then you got uh, Jeremy Patton. Uh, he came from JUCO, and last year was his first year, kind of adjusting. And uh, from all reports, Morris uh, saying he's getting better. Um, and then C.J. O'Grady, um, uh, and. Um, Gunter, I believe, the fourth tight end. But, they, I mean, Morris has complimented them all. I mean, they, they said it's one of the strengths. Um, the wide receivers, like you said, uh, Cornelius and Nance, both seniors. Uh, Cornelius missed the most last year, came back for his fifth or sixth year. I'm really excited about him in this offense. Uh, then you got uh, – those are two speedy guys. Uh, then you got LaMichael Petway, a 6'2". Uh, receiver. Uh, really excited for him to get more playing time. Um, also, got to look out for me uh, as a receiver is Jordan Jones from Smackover. Uh, really speedy guy. Had a couple uh, 
uh, touchdowns, long touchdowns last year. Um, and then you're right about the running backs, Devlar Whaley coming back. He's been a, this is his third year. Uh, he started most of his games. I've read that he, he's dropped 20 pounds, much faster, shiftier. Uh, Chase Hayden coming back. No, oh, just, uh, Chase, Chase yeah. I forgot about him. What a beast. Yeah, he was before he got, uh, had a little injury last year. He was, he was, I mean, he, he almost would have got a thousand yards. Quick guy. Uh, yeah. Bielema was set on giving the ball to David Williams. Uh, it was kind of a bowling ball running back, uh, serviceable, but I think Hayden should have got more carries last year. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. He said he was going to get more carries every single game and then didn't give him the ball. So how frustrating was that? You and, know? And we're missing up uh, T.J. Hammond. Um, when he did get the ball, uh, or when they finally started giving him the ball halfway through the year last year, and what did he do? I, mean, I think against Ole Miss and uh, Colts Carolina, before they forgot about him again, he scored two touchdowns in each game. Yeah, they really did him a disservice. Hammond's, Hammond's had the ability to do something special, and it's almost like they had a grudge against him. Like there was some reason why they wasn't playing him. Like maybe – he was saying something on the practice so they didn't like or something, you know? Yeah. I, I, well, I, I, I never could figure that out. I never got why Bielema, uh talked a big game about him and then just like, oh, yeah, he's going to get more tough. He's exciting. He's electric. You know, in practice he's showing out and then wouldn't hand the ball off to him, but maybe once. Um, maybe not even, not even throw it to the ball because he's a uh, – he can come out of the backfield, catch the ball as well. So, uh, but this offense, I think it's – I'm, I'm so excited to just have it spread around. I mean, there's so many weapons. We're not just going to go to one guy. Exactly. And the one thing I fear is that we'll go to a option-heavy offense. I don't like option-heavy offenses. I feel like they're a little bit too slow of offense for the SEC. Uh, I think it's a great gimmick for other um, for other places. I think that it does a good job at, like, Nevada, places like that, where you're mm-hmm. playing different talent. But I just don't feel like it is the type of offense you need to bring to the SEC. I want to see a hurry-up offense. Don't get me wrong. I want to see a hurry-up offense. I want to see it out of a traditional pro-style uh, offense. And I want to see them going fast. So, well, we'll by, see. Yeah. yeah. By all accounts, uh, John Chavis, who we'll get to in a little bit, uh, defensive coordinator of the Chiefs, he said uh, – Recently, I've, they the offense is fast. They want to go fast, and it's helped. It's helped the defense because a lot of teams play that way. Um, but he's saying offense—that's what they want to do. They want to snap it quick. So I think we're going to see that. And I believe the spring game was not an indicator. That was one I watched one time and did not need to see it again. <laughs> I think we're going to be a lot better than that. Yeah, yeah. Now you know you got to understand in that spring game. I mean, they're learning everything. They they don't know yeah. this coach's system at all. So everybody is very very raw in this game. So that's not you. It's hard to have any kind of a judge of who they are during that. I think this first game uh, is the first game that we're actually going to say, okay, this is what. Arkansas is about. I think when we go up against Eastern Illinois, I know it's a small school. I know it's not, you know, it's not anything to worry about. But I think it's going to give us a understanding of where we are. I really yeah. do. It counts. I mean, this is it counts. The spring game didn't count. I mean, it's all you can't. I mean, yeah, we should. I mean, we should beat them by fifty. But if you lose, uh, I mean, we will. I know it's different coaches, but. Uh, 
Uh, no, Petrino, uh, we won by, what, one point against Western Illinois, his very first game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill almost lost to Sanford in his first year. And they're all, both uh, SPS, one AA teams. So we can't, I mean, Gibbs is going to have to come out and put it all. So I don't think they're going to hide too much, you know. Yeah, and I think where we're going to be saved this year is our defense. I think we can move into that. I think we've pretty much yep. covered the offense. But I think that's what's going to save us this year. I mean, when I'm thinking about the defensive roster, I'm looking at, uh, you know, Michael Taylor, defensive end. Goodness gracious. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He, 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 he was tremendous before, so I really think that's going to be good for us. You know, Ramsey. I mean, I think that's going to put a lot of pressure on the quarterbacks. When you got two ends like that firing off the line of scrimmage and coming after you, they're well versed. They're 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 big guys. They're guys that have played, that are experienced, and that you know, not afraid to go up against Alabama with because they have the experience. And you know, the defensive end position is what really is going to disrupt the quarterback. And it's going to contain out, keep that outside contained, and keep those uh, options and flare outs and things like that contained to the outside, and, and any kind of you know power runs, uh, anything. And then when you start looking at you know our defensive tackles, you have uh, Smith, and he's. He's tremendous. He's tremendous also. And I think he's going to do a wonderful job for us this year. Uh, he's a junior, but he's seen a lot of snaps, and he's got more experience than a lot of other uh, players have at that point in their football career. So what do you think about, about the ends and the tackles? Oh, gosh, yeah. And then uh, you mentioned Taylor and uh, Ramsey. Uh, mm-hmm. And then behind them, uh, you got Gabrickson, who's been – uh, or everything that's been said, he's been great this fall camp. And then Dorian Gerald, who uh, came to camp late but still listed as second team behind Taylor, uh, was the number one JUCO defensive lineman uh, out of out of junior college this year. And all accounts, he's gonna he's gonna uh, help us right away. That's and, gonna be uh, nice for rotation. Nice for rotation purposes. Yeah, and then uh, uh, McTelvin and again uh, Sosa, mm-hmm. uh, a junior, he's been pretty much starting since he was a freshman. Uh big time everybody wanted him out of high school from Hope. And I think he's I think he's set for a huge year this year. Mhm. Absolutely. And then Greenlaw at uh linebacker. I mean yeah. I'm excited about what he's gonna do. I'm excited. He's another he's another three year starter. I mean you I look know. at the defense just real uh, Sorry, Chad. Uh, oh, yeah, I mean, senior, uh, just the, on the Morris's death chart release, senior, junior, senior, junior, senior, uh, junior, senior. And then, you know, that's just – then you got Hayden Henry a sophomore. But, I mean, then he was just – Yeah, and Hayden Henry is, you know, he's going to uh, – I think he's going to do well. You know, I think that even though he's a sophomore, he's still got some experience. It's not yeah. like he's a freshman. You know what I mean? Oh, he played a lot last year. Yeah, and I think, you know, you got those snaps, you got that experience, and, and that means a lot. It really does. And then um, you also have Harris at middle linebacker. And I think he's going to do well, but I'm really surprised they didn't pull Greenlaw over. I thought he would be pulled over to Mike and mm-hmm. 
you know, just for because he's older, he's got more experience. But what that tells me is that he's probably a playmaker. He's probably yeah. something special, you know. And I'm excited to see what he's going to do. And Greenlaw's a little faster, so they might, you know, want him on the outside. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. If he's going to be, if he's going to be, you know, bumping out the slot, you know, mm-hmm. you definitely want a faster linebacker out there to bump out the slot instead of a more physical linebacker like you have at Mike back. The only thing is, the reason I thought they might move into Mike back is just so that you have more, because generally the Mike back is controlling the defense. Mm-hmm. So they're usually the, the the leader of the defense, and you know you usually want somebody with a lot of experience there, somebody that that has uh, that can move people around, put them in the right positions, you know, can see things that they've seen on film and can point things out. I think you know that's important. But obviously, if the coaches got him there, I think for me the chief. Having him here, I think he's going to do like he did at LSU. I think we're going to have a great defense. I, I really like him. I really like his defenses. I like his style. I'm excited to go after the quarterback. Yeah, and like, but maybe it's a good thing that uh, if you got Harris at the uh, Mike linebacker, I mean that just means they trust him uh, to be that leader. Plus, you got Greenlaw, who's the second leader on that uh, in that second level. You know, absolutely. And like you said, Chase and Chase is a, he's the defensive coordinator and the linebackers coach. So you know that group is going to be set, and he likes to blitz. And it, yeah. And, and I know Grant Morris is. Um, I'm sorry, Grant Morgan is a freshman, but um, you know he. Uh, you know I've heard a lot of talk about him. Yeah. You know? No, he's a sophomore. So, he played a little bit last year, so he's. Oh, is he? He's, oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, he's got some experience. So we're. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. You know, you got that. Mm-hmm. It, it, it seems like we have a decent rotation, you know, and that's good. And then uh, we're going to go down to, you know, our cornerbacks. You know, we got uh, Pulley in there. We got uh, Callaway. And I think those are both solid cornerbacks. I think I think they're going to be able to do a good job, going to be able to lock down the outside. So we're going to be able to play a little more man on the outside. And that gives you a little bit more opportunity to go after the quarterback. Yeah, uh, I'm really excited for Ryan Pulley. Uh, he got hurt in that uh, damn first game against Florida A&M last year. Which uh, he's got all SEC potential uh, for a lockdown corner. Uh, mm-hmm. Really, really hurt last year. I'm really excited for him. For I'm really excited for him to lock it down. And then you know Ramirez is so fast. He's going to be breaking. To the to the you know to the pass and he's going to be able to be over there to help and be on top. So you know I think that that's really going to be helpful. I really like uh, Ramirez's his play throughout his tenure at Arkansas, and I think he's going to do a good job of helping us lock down the the deep pass game, mm-hmm. which is an issue we've had in the past. Big time. Uh, we've given up a lot of big plays in the last couple of years, and that hasn't been because we were aggressive. And if it happens this year because we're aggressive, you know, that's one thing. But the last couple of years where we haven't uh, and still given up the big play. Yeah. Um, also, uh, you know, Cameron Curl, uh, the other safety position, he played cornerback. He had, as a true freshman last year, got thrown into the fire when Pulley got hurt. So, and uh, uh, 
Oh, that's true. He does have some experience. There. So he's moved more into his uh, apparently natural position at strong safety. So, that's, I mean, it's going to be strong back there. It, defense is looking. I, I've given up 51 touchdowns each of the last two years. A lot of touchdowns. There's just no way we're not going to improve. No. The Chiefs coming in. Yeah, no, the defense is going to – we're going to see an improvement just from the coaching change in the defense. But the talent we got with the experience we got, I think that's really going to surprise people. I don't think people are really looking at how good our defense really is this year. And I think that's our saving grace. I think our offense is going to be good in the future. And I think they're going to be a good offense this year, probably better than a lot of people expect them to be. Yeah. But I think the defense has a chance to be a great defense this year. I agree. I think I think, I, I think everybody's – when the people have said that, the defense, is, they've just looked at the last couple of years, and it's not going to be the case. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not going to be the case this season. I'm looking forward to watch them. Uh, the past couple of years have just been just like, oh, I, I – I don't want to see us. I'm I'm excited. I think these guys were full playmakers on that side of the ball. Oh, absolutely. So do you have anything to say about special teams before we move forward? Well, I will say uh, kicker Connor Lempert. I mean, he came in, won the job last year, uh, uh, pretty solid last year, consistent uh, in that Ole Miss game on the road. That's where mm-hmm. Ole Miss coach Matt Luke called three timeouts to try to ice him. He hit every one of them. So, I, yeah, I trusted him. Earned a scholarship uh, in that in that video that uh, was pretty exciting uh, this past week with Morse awarding the three walk-ons. He's part of that, so and that's that's, what, that's the type of thing that makes you just love this coach, isn't it? Like oh. how how a, a guy that actually cares about the players as much as he does about the game. You know, it's really exciting to see that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think Blake Johnson. I, I haven't. You know, I don't think there's nothing negative. That's what you want to say about a punter. You didn't be like, oh, man, he's horrible. So <laughs> that's yeah. probably what is good. Trust him to be solid. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, let me say, yeah, another thing I heard about Morris, uh, just kind of going off that, is uh, they had the fan day last week, and everybody says he spent just all the time in the world with fans coming up, taking pictures. Uh, they even FaceTime uh, somebody, people's families and things and just, He's, he's, he's in it, man. That's awesome. It's awesome to see a coach that is that appreciates the fan base and is and is there for them. But yeah. I do have – I do think he needs to open up practice. I don't understand why we're closing off all of our practices. You know, I don't think that's helpful. I don't think that's helpful for the fan base. I think that's the one complaint I got. Trust me, I, I'm, I'm with you here. I would have went to several. Um, didn't even didn't even have a public uh, Saturday scrimmage. Um, even Bielum and his head. I know in uh, college you were obviously uh, working for the Razorbacks at that time, so mm-hmm. I was able to go watch practices. You know, oh, as yeah. long as we didn't video or tape anything, um, or the operation staff would kick you out, and rightfully so. But even uh, Petrino, you would think out of anybody, he'd be the guy to close practices. You know, uh, oh yeah, and he opened them. I mean, sometimes he closed them up whenever he felt yeah, like sure. it was oh, important, yeah. when he felt like, you know, he had to, he did. But during, but, but during team camp when they weren't preparing for, you know, necessary game plans, they had them open. Yeah, and he would often bring people in to, to watch practices and stuff 
I just felt like, yeah, I felt like there's no reason to be stingy with your practices when it comes to the fan base. I think you can open it, open up your practices to the fans and let them get excited about the football they're going to see instead of, you know, kind of, you know, trying to keep it hidden. And I guess, you know, you're worried about scouts and all this. And, you know, this is coming from the guy that, you know, seen uh, seen scouts up in our press boxes and had to kick them out when we were going to play South Carolina. But at the same time, you got to take you got to take a little bit of a, a risk there for the fans. I feel like, and everybody knows what your offense is. Let's be honest; they're going to get the tape tape. They're going to watch all of his SMU games. They're going to know what he's going to do. I mean, he might have some variations and some differences, but they're going to have a good idea. And I think Nick Saban said it best one time. He said, I'll give you my tape, and then I'll still come and beat you. You know, mm-hmm. that's the kind of that, – that's what you got to be able to – got to be able to say, here's what I'm going to run, and run it and still get five yards. Exactly. You know. So do you have the schedule on hand? Do you want to go through? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, I will say – I made a change, uh, but it's going to be my official one. I switched, and I'll get to it on the game uh, switch that we won. But, uh, yeah, let's start it off. Okay, let's do this. So, so in about 46 and a half hours, uh, number, game number one, Eastern Illinois in Fayetteville, 3 p.m. Oh, man, I'm so excited. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> I thought, I'm like, I just had a little heart murmur when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's coming. Yeah, when you get down to the hour, you're like, oh, man, I mean, it's, it's, it's time. I got one more day of, uh, got one more day of work, and it's, it's, it's I might no not time. even go in, man. I might take paid time off. <laughs> not a bad call. Uh, yeah, I'm going to put something on the smoker and, uh, Watch, get to watch a, uh, get to watch a, some 11 a.m. games, uh, then get to us. Man, I gotta get, I gotta get a six pack or something at least. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, maybe that, what, I don't know what that was. That was pretty good stuff we reviewed that one time. Oh yeah, uh, the New Belgium, uh, what, the Voodoo Tail oh, Imperial. It was an Imperial. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh man, I might get some of that. That was good. That was good. So, Moving forward, Eastern <laughs> Illinois got to put it down as a win. Got to put it down, got it down as a W. You got to win you out of you got to win you out of conference games in the SEC. Period. Mm-hmm. Especially when you got this cupcake schedule like we got. I don't care what anybody says; it's an easy schedule. Mm-hmm. So we're so we both got one and zero going to, at Colorado State, a game I will be attending in Fort Collins. Oh, that is awesome. That is awesome. We can expect to uh, do a little uh, phone cast on that or a phone cast to come from the game or the tailgating or something. Yeah, we will have a live, we will have a live, uh, some live look-ins from uh, a tailgate. A fellow alumnus, uh, Derek, is putting together Arkansas tailgate and uh, no choice but to, but to do a little, add a little bit. We're excited for you to hear that. It's going to be exciting. Whoa, pig silly. Woo, pig suey. I'm excited about it. I wish I could and make it. I know. Uh, well, I'm hoping we'll get to, uh, you know, hoping by the end when our bowl pro- or our win projections put us in the Outback Bowl in Tampa, and I'll see you there. Yeah, but, uh, absolutely. At Colorado State, I got a win. Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. Out, out of conference game, got to win that game. Small school just got defeated by Hawaii, who went to that high altitude, and, you know, they just manhandled them for the first three quarters. Yeah. And I think the altitude got a hold of them in the fourth quarter, and Colorado State had a little comeback run. But, look, man, we're not Hawaii. You know, we're not Hawaii. Hawaii. Hawaii is that team that goes undefeated and doesn't get to play in the national championship. Exactly. They're on the, the UCF tier, you know, University of Central Florida tier. We're on the SEC tier. We're just a bigger school with more funds, more talent, more coaching, just more of everything. So that's one of those games you just have to go in there and win. And we're coming. It's the second week of the season. We should be fresh. Altitude should – by that time, we should have our – our, our second string, possibly some third stringers in there playing anyways, and the first string, the, the guys who got us to a 30-point lead, shouldn't even be in the game anyway. So it shouldn't matter. And, and I think I think this game's going to tell us a lot about our conditioning. How yep. do we handle that high altitude? How do we handle that thin air where you can barely breathe? I mean, it wasn't too long ago when I went up there on a mountain trip for uh, Derek's honeymoon, and – uh, or not honeymoon, but uh, bachelor party. I tell you what, though, it was rough just to be a human being from lower sea levels there. You know, it, it was rough because I was coming from like you know negative one sea level. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, and, and we can't at least say the uh, the football teams coming from fourteen hundred, fifteen hundred uh, elevation in. Uh, in Fayetteville, and the elevation in Fort Collins is about 5,000. So it's not not as high as the, some areas in Colorado. But still, that's that's definitely what uh, almost tripled. Uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah and it's going to test them. It's going to test their conditioning. It really is. Yeah, and uh, you know what? We can we'll probably get more uh, more about that as we preview the Colorado State game next next week as well. Absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, win. Okay, so we're 2-0 and going North Texas coming to town uh, to Fayetteville, the third game of the year. And I believe I'm just going to think you've got to win just as I do. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one That's one uh, prognosticators are saying, you know, North Texas, blah, 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 went to a bowl game. That could be trouble. I don't think it's going to be trouble. It shouldn't be. If it is, we're in trouble. But yeah, if that, i got it down to win. If that game's trouble, we're going to have a really hard year in the SEC. No, we got to beat North Texas. It's a good school. It's a good program. They've had some good coaching. They just lost their new head coach, I believe. I think you got to go in there and win that game. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, if we have trouble with them, crumble up this prediction. <laughs> <All right. laughs> but yeah, that's 3 0, the first uh, three out of four of the non conference. We start the year three straight non conference games. Before we open SEC play at Auburn. At Auburn. At Auburn. Well, I'm going to say it just like this. We got a a coach that's a high school coach. Gus Malzahn is a high school coach. He's got to be able to beat the other high school coaches in the SEC. We got, we, he's got to be better than they are, you know? So Mm -hmm. I'm going to say it's a win. I'm going to put us down for a win at Auburn. I think that we're going to pull this one out, you know? Um, Gus is known to drop some big games to smaller schools. So, I see us winning this week. Okay. And uh, another thing, I have us down as a loss. 
Uh, I don't see it impossible. I don't see it. I don't. I'm not going to chalk it down as one that I just. There's no way. Uh, you know, we're going to win that thing. But I have it down as a loss because somewhere I try to be realistic. But but I think we could win it. And we always Arkansas. No matter who the coach has been, uh, we play well at Auburn. Uh, no matter uh, at least the last uh, uh, nut. Petrino, he won his first year, uh, first SEC <laughs> game, was on the road at Auburn. Um, Nutt had plenty of wins there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think even uh, John L. Smith, he, he beat Auburn. I think it might have been there. And uh, Bill, I'm not too sure, but that's all right. But that proves the point with the other coaches. That And Morris, why not help? Go out there, get your first SEC win at Auburn. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think you get that win at Auburn. Hey, and let's, Auburn, uh, before they play us, uh, they play Washington this weekend. Which I'm thinking Washington has a great chance to beat them, the Huskies. Um, yeah, that's and then they, then they got Alabama State, they'll win, FCS, whatever. And then LSU. Oh, so two out of three of their first games are going to be tough while we've been he, playing cupcakes. And they're going to get beat up by LSU. LSU is a physical team. We play them every year. That is just a physical team. And what if they're one and two? If they're one and two with loss to Washington, LSU, especially after LSU, they're, they're already looking for Malzahn's head. Is oh, head. yeah. So oh, they, we might get them, like kick them while they're down. Yeah, they don't like him now. So, yeah, absolutely. You know, well, I've almost, they, talked myself, I've almost talked myself out of changing it, but for now, I'll, you know, when we do our uh, pregame cast uh, before, I might have a win, but right now, I've got a as a loss. You got a 4 0, I got a 3 1 going into Dallas to play A&M. Yeah, I think Jimbo is going to uh, win that game. You know, I hate to say it. I think that uh, I think that's the game where Morris is going to be a little more outmatched coaching-wise and uh, his lack of experience at the college level is going to shine through, I feel like. And he's going to take a, little, a loss. Well, I've actually um... – before this, I, you know, at first I was going back and forth between uh, this being a loss and a win as one of my eight wins, and I've got us down as a win now in Dallas. I, I just think it's time we're gonna we need to break the streak against the Aggies. Uh, and I, Jimbo is a good coach, better than uh, Sumlin, and uh, right now a lot more experience uh, and a lot of experience in the SEC before he was coach at Florida State. But I'm just something about it. I'm gonna have I got us down as a win right now. All right. Well, I'll, I'll take that. And the thing yeah. is, you get that win right there, especially if we beat Auburn and we go in there and we beat, goodness gracious, the next game, going into that one undefeated, that's a huge deal, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, especially if we beat Auburn before that. I mean, that's just momentum. But, I mean, I would – Honestly, and I think kind of the way we did it, one or the other, uh, predicting these wins lost, I think we'd both take uh, one and one in that, in those two games. I mean, that oh, would absolutely. be, that would, that would, I mean, for first year, uh, Morris, uh, I mean, that would be, love to be one. I mean, that's too, because you, I, it just, I, we got, the, the second half of the schedule is more winnable or uh, SEC wise, but you don't, you don't want to start off 0 2 in the SEC playing Alabama. <laughs> If you're a good coach, you got to win one of those games. You're going to win one of those games. You're not going to – you're going to win one of those games if you're a good coach, period. If, if, if our program's going to get to where we're, you know, 
winning nine or ten games a year and uh, compete for a championship uh, at least every couple of years for a national one. Uh, we can't. I mean, this, this A&M teams. That's not as good as Jimbo's probably going to have them in the future. Um, Auburn's Auburn, so we 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 need to beat them. I mean, Absolutely. we might as well. And uh, so we both got them uh, a little different way, but we both got them four and one with Alabama coming to town. The standard national champions. I want to see them beat Alabama. I'm yep. tired of losing Alabama. I don't think this is the year that it's going to happen. <laughs> no. You know, when I'm say. using the rational part of my brain, I don't think it's going to happen. But, I mean, it could. If we were undefeated going into that game, I could see it happen. But even 4-1. I, I mean, even 4-1, well, confidence, probably top 25 ranked. Uh, they'll probably be... Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll probably be number one uh, oh, by that time, or number two. I don't know how they, the, whatever rankings have Clemson, but they'll be number one. We're definitely going to be reality. Going we're definitely going to be going for them. So, and uh, if we're if we're I mean, even even if we're three and two uh, before going into that game, it's Morris's first shot. The crowd's going to be great. But if we're four and one, and especially five and zero, oh, that crowd and with the a little extended up, up we're up to eighty thousand capacity now. You know, it's going to be the highest. Highest uh, ten the game ever. So let's root for four and one, five and zero, oh, and that place is going to be rocking. Yeah, absolutely. If I could see the goalposts getting torn down. Sure. And I mean, the heat of the moment, you know. Uh, I mean, it'd, only... be, it'd be kind of embarrassing, but I mean, when's the last time we beat Alabama? Yeah, it's been uh, eleven years, and hardly uh, anybody beats Alabama, and they're number one, and. Like it's, I said, it's been... Houston Nutt was the last coach to beat Alabama, right? Yep. You know, and then Houston Nutt also bit Saban whenever he was winning national championships at LSU. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Just saying, man, I don't understand why everybody's down on, on Nutt. But whatever. We'll move on. We'll that's something to talk about later. Oh, yeah. We'll have plenty of time to talk about that. Um, but I hate to say I've got us down as well. Yeah, me too, man. I hate to say it, but uh, I'll just—I don't want to expect to win, and then you know. I—I I, kind of wish for the first year of Morris was there. I kind of wish we were using our home game. Uh, I wish it was next year, and we were just go ahead and getting at Tuscaloosa out of the way this year, you know. But I'm sorry, maybe maybe it's the right time to have him here. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> they're tough, though. It's, I mean, it's, they're—they're going to be tough. But uh, so. Both of us have a score and two halfway through the year. That's, uh, that's not bad. Uh, could could be better. We got a shot that, you know, in the season, uh, pretty strong. Yeah, absolutely. First game out of the gate, Ole Miss in Little Rock at War Memorial Stadium. Yeah, that's a win. You know, just yep. for one, it's at War Memorial Stadium. Right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that that's a huge advantage right there. I don't care what anybody says. Whenever the buses pull into War Memorial and the crowd is rocking it sideways, about to flip it over, and you and you go into that little bitty stadium and the fans are sitting on top of you, yelling at you, the hog calls going. I mean, people just don't understand how energetic Little Rock gets. Yeah. It's not like Fayetteville. It's a different kind of tailgate. It it, it, it hadn't had a chance to last. In a while. It's, yeah, it's more exciting. It's just more exciting. I, so, yeah, yeah I've I got, think it would be 
I think we beat them there, and I think I think part of that is the fans helping win that game mm-hmm. because I felt like in Little Rock the fans understand when to cheer, when to, you know, they're not cheering for you when the when the quarterback is is getting understanding they're quieting down, you know, no. and they're and they're getting loud when the when the defense is out there, and that's what you're supposed to do. And sometimes you kind of see the opposite in Fayetteville. It's kind of strange up there sometimes. Yeah, you got. Got a lot of uh, people with uh, Tyson and Walmart tickets uh, transplants. I'm glad to have them in the stadium if they're rooting for the Hogs. But in Little Rock, you've got Hog fans, man. I mean, oh, yeah. uh, I'm sure your family told, uh, especially before they put the uh, interstate 540, 49 up there. Uh, uh, but your family the same way from South Arkansas. So, hey, that's, that's the first games they attended. You know, we're able to, it's easy to go to Little Rock. I mean, that's what, you know, it's. My dad and grandfather took me to every Little Rock game my entire childhood every year growing up. And it's just a magical, magical place. And then going to Fayetteville and being out there, I was like, wow, this is amazing. You know, being on the sideline, I was like, wow, this is crazy. But then that first trip to Little Rock, it was just like, whoa. You know, this is like going to Arrowhead Stadium or something. This is this is different. This isn't mm-hmm. your this isn't your average fan. Oh no. Oh no. And there and, and there are and there are no when you go to well sometimes you would see Florida fans come into uh Fayetteville and mm-hmm. you would look across the way and the whole opposite side would be Florida fans. And you'd be like, how do they get these tickets? How do they get so many tickets? You know? Uh-huh. Little Rock, that doesn't happen. Little Rock, oh. you don't. No, it's you, you've got a little sliver. You had a little sliver like those games. LSU games because they're close, but a little sliver, and that's only because they have such an obnoxious uh, purple and yellow color. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I think the best way to describe Little Rock, if you take the student section and you surround the entire stadium of Fayetteville with it, that's Little Rock. Mm, exactly. And hey, even the student section, I remember going and. Uh, I got much better. I mean, I was this, uh, I was right on the field for some of those great LSU games. Um, just right on the field for those Little Rock games. And I will say, I'm I'm glad Bill uh, really. I hate to bring his name up again, but he uh, he made it a point, or he said it out loud. He didn't like going to Little Rock. He didn't like playing in Little Rock. He blah 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 this blah blah blah. He didn't appreciate it. I think in this new era, we appreciate it. And I hope the fans, I think there's a renewed sense of energy. We didn't take the, uh, or the administration didn't take the game away from Little Rock. I think they deserve it. And I think they're going to show up, show out. I think we're going to whip their ass. Absolutely. All right. So Ole Miss gets yep. stomped in mm-hmm. Little Rock. Yep. We and then we need Ole Miss anyway, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, even, we, uh, yeah. And we're, yeah it's, even Brett did. <laughs> even time. Brett beat him four out of five times. I mean. Yeah, Oh, yes, for goodness sake. My goodness. Uh, Vanderbilt of the East. Yeah. (laughs) And before we play Vanderbilt, we got Tulsa homecoming. In Fayetteville, that's a win. Yeah, you got to beat Tulsa. You know, it's too close to Fayetteville for one thing. It's a very Mm -hmm. close school. You start losing the schools that close. You start losing recruits to those schools. You got to win that Tulsa game. You got to secure those recruits. From Oklahoma, so yeah, we definitely are going to beat Tulsa, and they're just not—they're not a top-tier program. They're not as good as as Arkansas, you know. They're 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 better than Eastern Illinois, 
they're you know they're about the same as North Texas, Colorado State. They're not they're not even Vanderbilt. So we're we're going to win that game. Yeah, absolutely. So that puts us six and two. I mean that's you know that that gets the fans excited. I mean that's solid. And then Vanderbilt. I mean that's three straight home games, one of which was in Little Rock, but then another uh-huh. uh, another one in Fayetteville before we got the buy. Vanderbilt. A yeah. game that is a blessing for Coach Morris's first year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the thing about Vanderbilt, man, it's a good school, good program. They got a good coach. They've made a lot of uh, turnarounds, but they're still at that point that Mississippi State was ten years ago, and mm-hmm. they should be easy to beat, even though they're in the process of turning that school around. And then let's be honest. I mean, Vanderbilt is a very good academic school. And if you don't have the grades, you're not going to play there, period. Sure. Oh, yeah. You know, and they're not going to recruit you. So they're at a little bit of a uh, deficit when it comes to that. And, you know, it should be a win. Oh, yeah. And I'm I'm, I'm happy to have Vanderbilt in our conference. I mean, they've been in it for uh, probably one of, the, one of the founding members in a cool town in Nashville, Tennessee. But, uh, yeah, they're, they're outmatched, and we're going to keep it that way. Uh, they can compete. Let them compete with uh, Kentucky and uh, Tennessee and get some wins that way. Uh, but we don't get to play them all the time, so let's hammer it to them. It's going to be yeah. beautiful October 27th, fall in Fayetteville. Let's hammer it. Let's, let's take it to them. Absolutely. You have to. You have to win that game. you got to win a Vanderbilt game. I mean, when mm-hmm. you get a schedule like that, that's like that Florida game we had when I said this isn't going to be good. They were so horrible that year that mm-hmm. there's no reason we should have lost that game. And it's just like you have to win the game that you're supposed to win. And Vanderbilt is a game you're supposed to win. Yeah, and this isn't uh, some some of those years where James Franklin was a coach and they went to bowl or when they had Jay Cutler. They make a bowl game every uh, couple years, but uh, this is not one of their strong teams. And there's just no, there's, you know. And you saw we had some close wins uh with the, I think the 06 Houston Nut team with McFadden uh, that won 10 games had a close yeah. call at Vanderbilt. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Petrino sure. at Vanderbilt had a close call. Those were at, in Nashville in that uh, 30,000 uh, people, uh, you know, the capacity place. This is in Fayetteville. We're going to win it. Absolutely. And you can't look past Vanderbilt. You can't no, look no, no, oh, no, no. it's just Vanderbilt. I mean, they are still SEC caliber team. You know, oh, yeah. it's going to be a tough win, but it should be a win nonetheless. Yeah, exactly. They're they're better than, uh, I mean, you know, they're better than Tulsa, uh, North Texas, who were playing earlier, or any team like that. Um, they're still an SEC school. I mean, they 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 earn that right. Uh, if but, I'm watching Vanderbilt play any of the out of state conference games or out of conference games, I expect them to win those games. Sure. Mm hmm. I don't care if they're playing Ohio State. Oh no. Yep. So that puts us up. Yeah. Uh, that, so we got a bye week. Uh, Arkansas after, you know, that's, uh. Well, we need some rest, don't we? Oh that boy. Point. Yeah, that's a, uh, that take, took a while to get to our bye week. Um, but there we are sitting at, we both have a sitting at, uh, seven and two before LSU comes calling to Fayetteville again. That's a fourth straight home game, November 10th. So yeah, I have to say we uh I gotta say we beat LSU. We gotta take the boot. Um, you know, LSU's got a good team year in, year out, no doubt about that. I I don't 
think their coach is as good as they were hoping he was. I think we've got a chance to go in there and still steal a game from them. You know, it's a rivalry game. Yeah, I just, I just feel like I, you, we got to beat LSU. I think LSU is going to be that game that you're not supposed to win, but you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, uh, it's, uh, we kind of trade off wins with LSU. Uh, we've lost two straight to them, but, uh, before that we won two straight against them, and then it was back and forth before that. So this is our time to beat them. Um, it's at home. We've we got, got to take the boot back. We're not going to lose to them three times in a row. Um, Tocho, by that time, may be on the hot seat. Um, God bless him. He's, he's a great, great listen to. I wish they'd keep him, even if they only win seven games. But we're going to take it to them again. We're going to, I think we're going to get our eighth win um, fresh off that bye week. Uh, the week before they play Alabama, they're going to be a little beat up. So I think they'll right. get it coming that week. So eight and two for both of us at that point. Uh, and then we got two two road games to finish the year. Um, uh, not impossible to win either, but they're going to be tough. Uh, first off, in Starkville against Mississippi State, who's going to be pretty solid again this year. Fitzgerald at quarterback. Yeah, I don't think we beat Mississippi State this year. I feel like this is a year they got a loaded team. I think they got. I think they have a chance to do something special this year. I think Mississippi State is going to be a very, very hard team to beat, and I think I think they're going to be hard for everybody in the yeah. conference. Oh, yeah. Everybody, I think that that's the, that's the team that you don't want to have to play. Yeah, they. Not winning that one. No, I've got a sound loss. They they looking a good chance of only having you know just a couple losses at that point too. Um, uh, they got a senior quarterback, Fitzgerald, who's played since freshman. He's really good, dual threat, uh, always giving us problems. But I think we'll start, we'll get to get to where we're beating them, you know, three out of five, four out of five years. But I, I think this year at Starkville, they've got a very solid team, um, even in uh, their new coach, Joe Moorhead's first year there. But I've got it down as a loss. Not impossible to win, but I think it's, yeah, and what that team has built, been built up to is just a tremendous football program, you know. So they 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 have been overhauled. I do got to give it to them. Oh yeah, but that's, that's fine. But like I said, we'll get we'll get back to beating them, and um, but it's not a terrible. Uh, in years past, if you lose to Mississippi State, you you know you're pissed for the rest. You know how do we lose it? <laughs> and that's not the case this year. No. Um, no. So, um, so that's eight and three. Uh, going at Missouri, another tough road contest. Missouri. I mean, they've got another good quarterback. Um, even with our defense improved this year, uh, uh, I think Missouri may be good enough at in Columbia, Missouri, day after Thanksgiving, to beat us again there. Yeah, I think. Uh, I just uh, first things first is it's not a rivalry. This is no. a fan's perspective. I'm not the media guy trying to hype up something that's not really there. It's not a rivalry game. It's not. I don't give a darn about the state line, all that mess, battle line, battleground, whatever they want to call it. I don't even know what it is. That's how much of not a rivalry it is, right? The boot, that's a rivalry. This is not, this isn't a rivalry game. And I think that puts us at a disadvantage because we look Past this game, I feel like mm-hmm. even if you know, even if as fans and 
like you said, they got a good program coming back, you know. And I thought, yeah, I got to give it to them. They've done well in the SEC. They've done better than I thought they would. So, you know. And they've they've taken advantage of uh, Florida having some down years and Tennessee being down years. But, hey, that's been – and Georgia not as good as they are now. And they've went to some SEC championships. No matter what, I would give anything to being in those SEC champions, to being the division champion. Oh, absolutely. I think we'll get back. I think we'll get to where we're beating them the majority of the time. But uh, you know, uh, it's tough. With the, it's, it's tough after they win all those championships. They've got all that talent. It's a good. It's a good program. Better program than I thought they were going to be coming in. And uh, yeah, I don't think it's rivalry. I don't think we're going to win. But I agree with you. We we are going to get to the point where we beat them. More than they beat us, and and that's a game when I was doing look over the schedule, um, and this is just kind of out trying to help thinking, you know, that I could see, I and mean, we could go there and win. Um, it's kind of like taking one or the other. That's kind of one that first had us be, beating Missouri there and losing A and M. Then I got to looking at it to be three, and you know, because I didn't have the Auburn win like you had. So at three and three, I was like, surely we're going to get one of those. So I put the A and M. As a, as a win and had to uh, take the very lost away, but I mean, I could see us. I mean, that would put us in that game. That's not out of the rim, you know. I'm just trying not to get my hopes up past eight wins, which I'd be happy with. But. Oh yeah, I mean, I think I felt like I expect eight wins after going through this. I felt like I expect eight wins. I think eight wins is what a good coach would get with this schedule, with the players he's got, with the defense he's got, with the offense we got coming in. I think eight wins is is what would be okay, yeah. and I would call a successful year, even if that means it's seven wins and a bowl game win. No, exactly. Uh, I don't. I I don't think it'd be acceptable to have a, a six win year like the pundits are throwing around. I don't think that's acceptable. I think I, I think if you can't get more than six wins this year, you know, I don't know. I mean, I hate to say it, but Frank Rolls. He sure would let a coach go quick to keep the team good, you know? Exactly. I think if he would have been in charge, I think uh, we would have already had a new coach after uh, a couple years ago. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, and no matter how we get, I mean, they wins could come. We might lose the LSU and pull out the Missouri game. We might lose – or we might pull out the Mississippi State game. But I agree with you. Even six – if we go with six and six, uh, we're we're going to have to win that bowl game. Um Oh yeah, I mean, if I we're playing, uh, yeah, and that's that's where I'm not. You know, I'll you know I'll be, you know, hey, we met. You know, I'm not going to be like, hey, we met to the bowl game, celebrate champagne, yeah. you know, everything. But I'm not, you know, hey, I'm not going to cry in my coffee. You know what I mean? If we're in the Beef Brady's Bowl down in St. Pete, you know, I'm definitely going. And uh, you know, I think that'd be, I think that'd be cool. I think that'd be a good yeah. win. You know, you gotta you gotta get a win in that ball game because you're not gonna be playing a team that's tough. You're gonna be playing like one of these small schools, like you know, Ohio University or something like that. So, you know, you gotta get that W. Yeah, I mean, we game. could be even even um, some of the kind of SEC tie-in bowls. Looking at that, I mean, Birmingham Bowl. Uh, you know, playing somebody like Memphis or Houston, we gotta win that. Um, and I would be. Satiated, I think, with a six-win, bowl game win, seven-win season. I think I would be okay with that. 
Yeah, but a, a six and six losing the ball, six and, or going six and six losing the ball game. That's going to be a tough pill to swallow, especially yeah. if you look at if we went to six and six and we lost the last. Let's say we lost at Mississippi State, at Missouri. Hell, even if we had six wins, lose to LSU, then lose the ball game. That'd be four losses to close the season. That wouldn't feel good. No, no, it wouldn't feel good. Wouldn't feel good. And it, and I think that a good coach could do better than that. I just really do. I just think a good coach with the team we got could do better than that. And I think honestly, I think that Chad Morris is a good coach. I think he's going to do better than that. So I'm really excited. Oh yeah, it is coming. Um, and there's no no reason why we can't expect. We've we've got to get our expect. Arkansas fans have got to expect. We've got to get our expectations up. Um, yeah, no, I agree. Like it's not impossible to win a national championship with this program. I'm not saying this year, but it's not impossible. And we've already won one national championship. We've been contenders several times. When we was in the Southwest Conference, we've been to the SEC Championship game, even though it slipped our fingers. We are a national championship caliber team. So what anybody says, I truly believe that in my heart. I expect a national championship from the University of Arkansas before I die, and I think that we can do it. I really do. I think it's just a matter of having the right coach in place. I think a lot of times when we start winning, we start expecting too much mm-hmm. as Arkansas fans. When we start, oh, he's only getting eight wins, he's only getting nine wins, you know. And you look back at like some of that. Won't bring it up again. You look back at some of those Houston nut years, you know, when we were playing less games and we were winning really well and we had good chances to to go to a, a national championship. And we were playing in SEC title games and everything else, and then all of a sudden, you know, everybody hates the coach. You know, out of the blue. Even though it was a player that I don't want to bring up because I love, I grew up with these players. They're my favorite players. You know, those players might have fumbled the ball or dropped a punt or uh, some missed tackles in Little Rock against LSU, against Trenton Holiday, their little fast kicker turner. They could have prevented that. And those are just I mean, put us in our position. We've been we had in a position, and it wasn't it wasn't like oh well we'll never have a coach that could do it. It's just a misplay that could just easy here and there turn us around. We're not Ole Miss. We're not Mississippi State. We're not Kentucky. We're not Vanderbilt. Exactly. We can win it. We're gonna win it. And I don't. I just don't doubt it. I'm, that it's gonna happen even before we're where we're. You know, having to use a cane that old. I don't. I don't feel we have to be that old before it happens. You know, I feel no, it happens while we're still young, and we can still enjoy it. I totally agree, and I think, like you said, Arkansas fans need to start expecting a national championship, not an eight-win season, not a nine-win season, but a national championship. I think it's important because that's the kind of support the team needs. Yep, to go out there and compete for a national championship. If if they all they hear around, sorry, go ahead. no, go ahead. No, I was just if, if all they hear around town, you know, or something, and all they hear is like, man, that you know, that sixth win year, you know, that's that's we're hope we're you know hope we're competing for a Liberty Bowl this year. No, you want you want them to hear all they hear is like, 
man, I think we got a chance. We're, we're, I think we got a great chance to be in the playoffs this year and have a shot at the championship, you know, things like that. Absolutely. No, I, I totally agree. I think the expectations are important for the team, and if we raise our expectations a little bit, that um, we'll be better off. And I think that by raising our expectations doesn't mean let's get rid of the coach if he's not winning immediately, but it does mean let's be realistic about things. Like, why did everybody think Brett Bellamo was going to get better year in, year out, constantly had his back, and then all of a sudden, now the Blues hated him, wanted him fired. Versus the, <laughs> After the South Carolina game last year. <laughs> yeah. And, you, know, turns. And, you know, Bob Trino made a mistake, and, you know, that is what it is, and we know we would still be winning if he was there. Mm-hmm. And that's we just can't fact. get that back. We can't get it back. But we can look at, like, how we treated the coach before him and say, why were we so quick to give up on somebody who was winning? We can't be quick to give up on somebody that's winning. If a coach comes in and he's winning nine games, eight games, that's not expectations. We should be happy with that, but we should expect that next level, and we should give him time to get there. Exactly. Even if that takes ten years. And when I say we can't get it back, I mean we can't get we're not getting Petrino back. With the new era, we, we can get the winning back. So I just want to make that, you know, it came out wrong, but I know you knew what I meant. Yeah, no, I know exactly what I meant. <laughs> I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you, you know. know we can get that. that. I mean, that, those years were great. I mean, you're right in the middle of the program, man. And as a student and fan's perspective, man, it was just, he just felt, I mean, he just felt like you were going to win every single game. And the only damn games we lost were against top five, uh, well, Alabama and LSU teams and Dan Cam Newton. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. When the, when the only teams you lose to are teams that win the national – play in the national mm-hmm. championship, yep. both of them, that year, yep. you got a special team. And yep. then the other thing is, you know, we were cheated pretty badly when we went to Florida, and they said that, you know, Mallet's knee was down on it. Clearly, yeah. not. Oh bad. gosh, oh gosh. Oh, he had another. Oh yeah. Oh, we would finish that that season out with ten, ten win, uh, ten or eleven wins. Yeah. Uh, we I, we wouldn't have, we definitely wouldn't have lost to LSU that last game by a field goal or whatever the hell it was. If we were, no we had a chance for eleven wins. But yeah, no way. I'm excited to beat back to that again. Yeah, absolutely. We got, and we got another one five quarterbacks this year, Cole Kelly. Absolutely. So, what about our prediction for this Saturday? I think we got to have a solid prediction for this Saturday. What are you thinking? Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, game score. I've got down forty five to ten. Forty five to ten. Okay, I like it. Well, I like I, it. and and I say only it's like well, forty five. Well, I'm just I think. I think we don't either we kind of sputter out of the gate to drive and then we get going or we kind of we we get rolling and we just kind of, you know, get ready for the next week. And uh, that's still a 35-point margin is not too bad. <laughs> that's not. That's not. I think that we can get 52 points. Mm-hmm. And I think that we can hold them to seven. So I'm going to say 52 seven. Nice. 
I like it. We got them. Me forty five to ten and you fifty two to seven. I like it. I could see I could see that happening. And I I would take that and I'm I'm gonna enjoy watching it. So I think that uh I think we're pretty much close to being done. I think we gotta talk about Urban Meyer though. All right. Well, I can tell you this about Urban Meyer. Uh, it's not normal for somebody to delete all their emails and texts. Uh, there's something guilty about them. Uh, it's a it's a strange case. Um, as far as because the guy really hasn't been convicted of anything, but you know something shady's going on. Something. Uh, <laughs> what do you say, Chad? It's, it's a no, weird, terrible ordeal. I agree. I think the guy, the guy who beat his wife or didn't beat his wife or whatever, I think he went to court over this whole ordeal. I think that uh I don't think he was charged with anything from what I've read, the way I understand it. Um it's hard for me to say that if the judicial system doesn't find you guilty that your employer should. Um if you do something wrong, should your boss hold you accountable? Uh, like, you know, those are things to think about. But then also if that was a professor at the college they would have, you know, suspended them for a little while. They would have uh, done an investigation, and they might have lost their job so or their tenure. So I think that, uh, you know, I, I just think it's a really hard thing to look at. But when I look at it from a big-picture perspective, you know, and I see the Ohio State coach choking a dude on the sideline Another one giving all kinds of benefits and special things to all the players and everything and just blatantly cheating and, and all that. And, and it just always seems like that program is a little dirty. Oh, yeah. And, and then, like, like you said, you don't delete all your emails and text messages. That's not normal. So, obviously, they felt guilty. Even if they wasn't, they felt guilty about something. In some and form I, or fashion, they're guilty. And it may be something well, – uh, domestic violence is very serious. Uh, so I'm not going to say more serious, but something uh, very serious that's in those emails and uh, texts <laughs> that's just, you know, going to be terrible. Uh, and also his, his, uh, his record or his off-the-field record with players and arrests and everything and uh, had a murderer Aaron Hernandez on his roster uh, at Florida, uh, it's, it's just hard <laughs> not to believe something, something's up uh Oh, yeah, I, told, I totally agree with you. Something's going on with Urban Meyer. And the slap him on the wrist and give him a three-game three, three game suspension, I think just for deleting all the emails, text messages and stuff, I mean, you should at least have to sit out a year or something. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. not normal. It's, it's like if you – at three games, I mean, it's, it, with three games, you either should have just not suspended them all or suspended them for a year or a season, you know. I mean, just well, three games is against uh, – Oregon State and uh, Rutgers and some other cupcake or something is just a, that's a slap in the face. Yeah, and let's just equate this back. If you got a phone call tonight and they said, hey, Tim, make sure you bring your work laptop in tomorrow. We're going to need to take a look through that thing. <laughs> and he walked in there with it and all the emails were gone. <laughs> like, what do you think your employer would do? Yeah. Uh, well, the thing about that, that was covering up. Their whole investigation was done by in-house Ohio State 
Ohio State people. So, you know, they're, they're like, I, I think we got a chance at a 12 win getting the playoff season. We don't need to, you know, we don't need to look too hard into this. Now, if they would have had an investiga- or an outside uh, investigation, you know, but well, I'm rooting against them, man. I hope they're not going to lose every game because they're damn talented, but I hope they lose enough. Absolutely. In the Big Ten, them going eight and four would be a terrible year. No, absolutely, totally agree. You know, I think I just got to say this. You know, uh, the podcast is a very raw podcast. We don't got a cool intro. We don't got a cool outro. We don't have uh, a lot of the bells and whistles you see from other podcasts. We don't have a ton of advertisements and things like that. We're not going to inundate you with advertisements. If, if people wanted to, we might put something up, but it wouldn't be something that's going to lessen the quality of the podcast or make the podcast seem like overbearing because of those advertisements. I think it's very important for us to have a a very bare bones, minimalist podcast that just brings you a conversation about the Arkansas Razorbacks from a fan's perspective, from a one-time insider's perspective and from perspective of, of uh, somebody that is well-versed in media and, and what's going on around Fayetteville, I feel like you get all those things in this podcast, and I just appreciate everybody listening to the podcast. I, I'm very excited that we're doing this. Uh, we are part of the Guilty Addictions website. Uh, we will also post uh, our podcast on the Guilty Addictions website. They, uh, we, we, we are the editors of the Guilty Addictions website. Uh, we, we write about politics. We write about sports. Some folks might like it. Some folks might not. You know, it might not be for everybody that's listening to this. So I've kind of tried to pull the podcast a little bit away from the Guilty Addictions portion of our um, media. But we are a subsidiary of that. And I think it's good to uh, to let everybody know. Yeah, I think it's well said, Chad. Um, I do want to say uh, kind of what we're doing is uh, there's a, a lack of uh, Razorback podcast. You can't uh, chat in the house state. Uh, you can't find one. Uh, so we're here to give it to you. And what we do is we're speaking from the heart as Razorback fan. We want nothing more than to win. We're not going to come out there and be a, a, a media member that says, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I have no, you know, I have, I don't care if we win, Arkansas wins or loses. And that's why we say we, because we're with the program. And um, we, it's not like we said we were going 12-0 this year or 14-0, even though we could, and I'd love it. But we're speaking from the heart, and we're giving it to you, and hope you enjoy it. And I think we'll get better and better, and I've enjoyed it. Absolutely. And I think that it's a possibility we can win a national championship. I think i got to conclude with that statement. I think this year it is possible for the Arkansas Razorbacks win every game and win a national championship or win every game except Alabama and still win a national championship. I can see those two scenarios playing out this year. That would be a magical, wonderful year. And somebody's probably like going out now, oh, Chad, you're crazy. I can't even believe you're saying that. But it's football, and the reason we watch it is because anything could happen. And if we got the right coach, if we got a special coach like I think we do, he could really have a season that 
that is just going to blow people away. If they can do it at the University of Central Florida, we can do it at Arkansas, period. It's happening. 15-0, 14-1, I don't care. National championship. Woo, pig, suey, who's ready for some football? Go Hogs.